go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, as always, your host, Chris McPherson. And today's episode, again, brought to you by our great friends at Newey Threads. Make sure to check out their Facebook page and have a look at their range of clothes. Uh, much more stylish than anything that uh, I too often rock, but uh, well worth a look. They've got a great range there on their Facebook page and their website. We've got another great guest on board for this week's episode. Uh, we're heading south to the Central Coast. Uh, today's guest is... Uh, a junior from the Northern Lakes Warriors. Uh, he played through the junior representative system at a few clubs, including Souths, North Sydney, the Knights, and, of course, the uh, no longer with us, Central Coast Rip. He's played some State Cup with the Knights as well. He's spent a lot of his time at Wyong. He's won a couple of premierships at Lakes as well. A season at Belmont South. He's been everywhere. He's now Northern Lakes' first-grade coach. Jason McKenzie, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, uh, you're a man of many hats. You've been a few different places. Uh, we've known each other for a long time, longer than I initially realised yeah, well, when we got back up, uh, all the way back to high school days, mate. But, um, yep. yeah, as I led into the intro there, three premierships in the Newcastle Rugby League, mate, plenty of experience on the board. Uh, give us a run-through of you know, some of the high points and you know some of the guns that you've played alongside in your uh, local league, especially career. Yeah, sure, mate. Um, as... Um Winning a couple of comps at Lakes United obviously has to has to be right up there, especially doing it back to back. You know, had, we had a star-studded side up there, mate. It was um, it was from one to seventeen. It was unbelievable, and um, being being as young as I was as well, I, and coming into the comp up there, I barely knew anyone. Which <laughs> I, I, I I definitely knew knew everyone once I started there. That's for sure. But um, yeah, it was unreal at Lakes, mate. Two in a row was un was um, unheard of to me, especially being as young as I was. But you know, having um, having blokes like Paul Scovgard in your side, and I think um, the first year we had Dane Campbell as well come out of the Knights and play the season with us, mate. Um, was was definitely a couple of them. But um, you know, I could sit here and sit here and name name a load of them. But mate, yeah, they're the ones that probably stand out the most. Yeah, you have uh, played in some strong sides, as we said. And, and, mate, not only did you win two comps in a row at Lakes, it was only another two years later that you picked up another one down at Wyong. So three out of four for you in, in the early days of your career. You must have been thinking, geez, first grade footy's not too bad. Mate, I loved it. You know, I thought I was going to go on and win, win a dozen of them, to be honest with you. You know, I just um, I just got really lucky, I suppose, um, when I was younger. You know, that Wyong side was, was unbelievable as well, you know, with the... You know, blokes down there, like the two Sharp brothers, um, Chad especially, you know, he's probably one of the toughest guys I've seen run on the footy field and it was um, unreal to run out with him. Yeah, and one, yeah. Of, one of the things in that Wyong era too, the man that always impressed me was none other than Dane Croner, mate. He was an absolute weapon through those years of Wyong being a really strong force in the Newcastle competition. Uh, mate, tough, uh, as, tough as they come. Absolutely he was, you know. You could, um, you could run out in... You can run out to any game knowing that you're going to be all right, knowing that he's um, he's packing in at the scrum for you. You know, if you ever got into any trouble, he wasn't far behind you looking after you. He was unreal, Dane. 
He certainly was. He certainly kept us referees on our toes too. I first came across him <laughs> up in Group 2 when he's up with Sawtell and he didn't change through his career. But one of those no, guys I, I, I loved as a referee because, yeah, he'd keep you on your toes when you're out there as a referee or a touch judge. But as soon as you were outside the fence, 99 times out of 100, mate, he'd be happy to have a chat, have a beer and yeah. just, you know, talk footy. Yeah, best bloke getting around, mate. And, and the good thing about him is, you know, as you said, as many warnings as you could give him, from when he started to when he finished, he didn't change a thing about himself. That was the best thing about him. And as you said, he'll sit down, he'll sit down with you after the game and and have a beer and a chat with you. Yeah, exactly right, mate. And um, as you said, a bit of a story time and a path that you went. Uh, things got a little bit slower, and, and we're talking about it just off air, mate. You had a bit of a bit of a scare, which saw you take a couple of years off footy before you returned with Belmont South. Do you want to talk us through sort of, I guess, what happened there a little bit and what put the brakes on the career for a little bit? Yeah, mate. I um. I, when I when I came back to Northern Lakes to play in the um, in the senior side back on the Central Coast, I ran around in the trial game against uh, Woi Woi and 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 you know actually, actually I wasn't even meant to play the game, but we were short short a few players and so I drove home and got me boots and and had a game and I actually copped a pretty big shot in the ribs at the start of the game and um, you know sort of winded me. I just got up and went on with it, but. Turned out I got um, a couple of uh, lacerations on my kidney, where um, sort of started making my body fail because of the stress being put on the other one. So, worst thing about it was that the hospital sent me home a couple of times, and it um, wasn't until the third time I went there they ended up rushing me down to down to Sydney, and I was in intensive care for a while. Um, came back to Gosford, and I was there for another couple of weeks, and. You know, as I started to get a bit better, they were able to send me home, and I wasn't um, was sort of bedridden for a couple of months because I actually wasn't allowed to, you know, get up and move around, especially yeah, right. if I if I didn't really need to. You know, it's only as if if I needed to go to the bathroom or something, I I was only allowed to get up. So I um, ended up having to have about ten months off work, and you know, it was a couple of years before I actually got the got to throw the boots back on mate but uh yeah yeah what a day that was yeah i can i can't even begin to imagine um a lot of us are you know guilty of it myself i'm having a chat before we're sort of complaining about being locked in offices and things or at home at the moment <laughs> with covid but makes it seem mild mate so yeah right uh, it, it felt like it went forever but you know as you know once once it all once i got over it all and went back to work and all that sort of stuff i just i just you know, I'd been at home for ten months, and then I thought oh, I'd rather, I'd actually rather be at home than work anyway. But no, it was <laughs> it was a bit tough at the time. Yeah, mate, I can, I can, I can't even, as I said, can't begin to imagine. But yeah, certainly can see that it would have been tough. Uh, the great news, obviously, was that you did make it back to footy, which you know is something that's obviously from that list of you know achievements and years that you've been in the game is is something that's very, very much a passion for you. So. You made your return, mate. You uh, came up here and, and made some acquaintances that have now come in pretty handy in your in your new role as the uh, coach of North Lakes. Yeah, mate. It, it was, you know, it was, you know, it was it was actually just a bit of a conversation I with the boys up there, and you know, uh, Kate Kate actually rang me and sort of said, "Mate, come up and have a run up at Belmont." Me and my dad are taking care of the side, and I just sort of laughed it off and had another chat with him, and I said, "Mate, I tell you what." If uh, if you have a run, I'll have a run. And uh, turns out he was having a run the whole time, so <laughs> I sort of had to uh, agree to come up. And yeah, had a ball up there. Yeah, we didn't go too bad. I think we just missed out on the grand final in the end. But yeah, you know, running around with all them boys in in the comp up there, it was um, yeah a lot of fun. 
Yeah, certainly that, you know, and it's part of the reason behind how we got the show started is that Newcastle and Hunter competition around that probably 2017, 2018, it really took off on a bit of an upward trajectory with some of the players that were starting to appear more consistently yeah. and, you know, Cade and the likes were, were a big part of that. And as we touched on before, mate, you, you are now the uh, the first grade uh, coach. Is it captain coach, player coach? What's the official title? Oh, look, mate, as I said to you, I think because um, I've got Cade coming down for a run as well, he sort of turned the tables on me and said, if I'm coming down, you've got to play as well. So I dare say you'll see me. <laughs> I dare say you'll see me strap the boots on at least a couple of times, mate. Maybe on the bench, but number fourteen. Yeah, bench utility, mate. I like it. Um, <laughs> the, the good thing, the good thing is, I was having a uh, tongue-in-cheek chat with someone the other day, and we're talking about you know the, all these rumoured players that are moving around in the Newcastle and Hunter and. Yep. how stacked they would be. And, and this person, their, their team's probably a, a fringe A-grade side and he's a player coach. And he said, oh, look, if we come up against Team A or Team B, like they're going to be so stacked, I uh, might just drop myself those weeks. Uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> so, right. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the big physical games, he said, yeah, I might just, might just miss those, you know, playing against like a, a physical or Wobbacle or a physical Dora Creek. Oh, you know, had a shocker last week, I'll drop myself. So. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> mate. You've got to be smart about it. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting any younger, as you've said, mate. So, um, but things are looking... You know, much improved. Northern Lakes have been through, you know, a fairly tough, you know, few years, the last few years. And I know we've talked about it recently. There was, you know, lots of instances last year of young guys playing two and, and three games week in, week out. So what's what's the plan? What's the goal? I know we've talked about there's some new signings. Obviously, the Snowdens, you've got Caden Riley coming down, pending Cade's medical clearance. You've got Brad Calder and Troy Toby as well. Jack Flanagan, who's come from Central. Tyler O'Brien Ross as well. So there's some good signings there to bolster I guess yep. the numbers, but what's what's the whole plan? What, what's the goal with with what happens at North Lakes this year? Look, we, mate, we just want to play some um, decent, consistent footy. Like, as you said, they've been been under the pump the last few years with um, with players and, and quality at the club, and you know we don't want to put any more stress any more stress on the place than they've already been through. And you know, we, obviously, with what's just happened the last few months with the COVID, you know, we. Um, I think we've got the option now to um, to say how many sides we want to put in mm-hmm. because of how many players have still stuck around. So, you know, we've got a we've got a good core group of players that we could probably we could definitely we're fielding two sides. Um, that's with no stress, no blokes having to play uh, back up for second games, which is which is what we don't want. And um, you know, we're looking really strong at the moment, mate, which is good. We we sat it. We all sat down last night and had a chat. And, sorted out our training and what we want to do for the year and you know like goals that we, we we've set for the next nine for the nine week season and you know with, with the guys we've got on board I think um, a lot of them can be achieved that's for sure yeah and, and, and I think it's a good attitude to approach with you know we see a lot of clubs they'll go through a really you know tough or dark time where numbers are you know tight and then they'll try and throw all their eggs in one basket of the next season and try and um, you know, almost win a comp or, you know, compete with the, the big clubs. And we, we know that the Central yeah. Coast competition has a bit of a, a tilt to it with some of those clubs with much more financial support, those clubs that have got leagues clubs. So obviously, you know, yeah. your Ariners, your, uh, the entrance and Wyong, it was Woi Woi until recently, unfortunately, their leagues club closing earlier this year. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's certainly a challenge just to compete. But I think, I think you, as you say, you're sort of approaching it in the right manner. It's a, it's a rebuild. Yeah. It's not a fix it in one year sort of job. It's yeah, build right. for the future of the club. Yeah, no, we, we're 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 being realistic here, mate. We've like you said, we're not um, we're not running around, we're not getting together talking talking about winning the comp this year at all, mate. We just um, we just want to win a few games, be consistent, sort of build 
build from build from something that we can achieve um, this season and build on for next year. Yeah, lovely, mate. And I think I think as I said, that's a that's a really good attitude, and it's it's an attitude that we're see, seeing prevailing in clubs that have sustained success. You know, the Newcastle and Hunter, or even in the Newcastle yep. rugby leagues, and the same for the Central Coast. These teams that you know you're not going to reinvent the wheel in in 12 months or 24 or probably even 36. It's got to be a long term plan for one sustainability because that is a big catchment area. Because if you, you know if a side like Northern Lakes isn't in the competition, you've pretty much got no one from you know you've got Tuckley and Wyong, and then it's all the way up to Lakes. Barring yeah, a, yeah, a Swansea right. side that's in one of the lower grades for teams to com- for players to go to, so um, it's a key area. It's somewhere that you know is a little bit close to my heart, as as we touched about before. You know, I come from that area, spent some time down there um, yep. in my youth, and played a year there as well. So uh, great to see what you guys are doing. In terms of COVID, mate, uh, obviously it's had a huge impact on everyone, but with the return yeah. to play protocols, all those sorts of things, there, um, I guess, what do you see as the challenges, and what do you see as the positives coming out of it? Um, look, there's, there's, there's quite a few challenges from it. You know, some of the, some of the things that we're, um, required to do are a little bit unrealistic in my eyes, but you know, the end of the day, they've put these things in place in order for us to get back on the park. And, you know, you had Keith and that on there last week, I think it was, I had to listen to, and you know, those guys have been working day and night just to be able to get us back out on the field, mate. And, at the end of the day, whatever gets put in place for, that we need to do to get back out there, we're just going to have to do it, regardless of what we think of it, really. But, um, you know, there's plenty of challenges, especially with um, the, the first round being on the 19th of July and only being able to do a couple of contact sessions before the first game. And uh, as you know, play a contact sport, mate, and you, you've got to get your body ready for it. And, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a major one, you know, having to get the boys um, the training and uh, throw some bodies at each other and hopefully nobody pulls up too sore or gets injured. Yeah, I, I know when I was playing, mate, it took me till about round 10 of the full pre-season, so um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be much good in these uh, abbreviated competitions. But again, they've tried to find, as, as you say, the happy mediums, the guys, the Keith Onslows and the, the Dave Wilds of the world, all these competition organisers have tried to do what they can and you know we're starting out with four 20-minute periods and, and every team's going to be in the same boat. It's going to be a matter of... You know, it is only two and a half sort of weeks of contact leading in, allowing that there's no more changes in the next week um, yeah. that we're going to have. And, and I'd certainly think if there's any changes, then that's going to drastically impact the season as well as any any start to contact training. So touch wood that there's not a concern there. Some of the some of the things that have been addressed, though, and we talked about it, and we sort of had a bit of a laugh. Like some of the matters are, are almost a little bit common sense things, like you know, just yeah, wa- right. washing your hands, not sharing mouth guards, and and for junior footy, some of these things that we might think as seniors aren't. Our common sense may not be, um, no, that's right. but again, it's you know a lot of those sorts of things. Um, they've been campaigning for years for you know non-shared water bottles. So uh, I, I think there'll be a lot of clubs that'll have a slab of Mount Franklin sitting in the uh, and, and a permanent marker sitting sitting in their canteen that might be called upon yeah, a few absolutely. times for guys that forget. But there's there's going to be some challenges. But I think the the overwhelming positive is the fact that in such a short time frame they've managed to get us back to a point where we're going to have a 2020 season. Yeah, that's right, mate. You know it's. As I said, you know, if that's what we got to do to get back on the park, we all love playing footy. We're all we all got to be willing to um, to do what do whatever they've um, whatever they've asked us to do to get back out there. Yeah, that's right, and and we just hope that everyone can adhere to those, and that we don't have, you know, someone trying to take a shortcut or trying to you know sure, find yeah. ways to circumvent those rules in in an effort to gain a leg up or an advantage. We're all on the same you know same page, and we're all yeah, you know, we dealing with the be, same yeah. challenges and. Let's just get at what is this abbreviated season of footy so that everyone can 
get out there. Hopefully, we can have some crowds so that some clubs can rake in some canteen and bar takings yeah, and those absolutely. sorts of things. And for those of us that are too busted up or you know not not uh, not having enough ticker anymore to keep pulling on the boots, we can uh, you know have the opportunity to go down and sink some blue cans and, and yell at some people that are bashing each other up. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting out there. We're sitting here waiting to get out on the park, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there waiting to get on the sideline to uh, yell out abuse to us, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly the case, mate. Um, the Central Coast Rugby League, obviously, as you said, there's um, a bit of a variation in the competition this year in that teams can nominate how many sides they'd like to enter. Yeah, uh, We've obviously seen Wyong. They initially looked like they weren't going to compete. They've now said that they'll be coming back into the competition, and I'd, I'd expect that they'll be competing in all, all, all the grades. And yeah. you'd, you'd probably tip that they're going to be one of the teams to beat. They've been in the last three first grade grand finals down there. Who, who else do you see? Is it just those powerhouse teams of, you know, Wong, the entrance, Erina? Or is there other sides that you think, you know, might be dark horses if they only enter in the lower grades and things? Who, who are you keeping your eye on? Mate, to be honest with you, I, I, don't, I don't really take too much notice of um, too many of the other sides. Obviously, you know when you hear a, a lot about what's going on at certain places. Like, you know, Wong's always going to be strong regardless, mate. And, um, they're always going to be one of the sides to beat in the entrance as well. But, you know, off the back of last season, um, from what I've seen, Erina, Erina had a really strong side. And if they can retain all their players from last season and, and get them out there for the for the rest of this year, mate, they're, they're, a big, um, they're a big chance for sure. I watched them run around a few times last year and, you know, I was really impressed with some of their players. You know, they've got big John O'Wright down there and Jake Fitzpatrick steering them around. And, you know, their pack... Um, you know, is is second to none as well. So, yeah, I like um, yeah, I like watching watching Aaron run around last year, mate. I think they're going to be a big chance if they're all um sticking around to play. And that's going to probably be the million dollar question for a lot of those clubs. Um, no secret that a number of players taking you know um player payments and those sorts of things. So what the limitations yep. are around that? Some players. And I know I've had a conversation with a couple of, you know, players who are, um, you know, probably top-tier Central Coast players as well as top-tier Newcastle players who have decided that they're probably going to rest their bodies this year because, you know, they, they put themselves through that risk at the high level that where they're playing. Um, yeah. You know, it does risk employment, those sorts of things, if they get injured and not having a pre-season obviously multiplies that effect as we've talked about. So yeah, absolutely. there's some players that will opt, you know, whether it's for just personal health or whether it's for you know, monetary or financial reasons, which, you know, I can't begrudge anyone. I know a lot of people no, will, will make light of it and say, you know, there's plenty of guys that play for nothing, but, you know... Yeah, that's, this... that's, that's off people that haven't been put in that kind of position, mate. So, you know, as you said, it is understandable if they've got a chance to to have another few months off and get ready for next season, mate. Then, like you said, I've, I've heard a few people that are doing that as well. If, if that's what they want to do, then, then uh, so be it, really. Yeah, um, and I... I still think it's going to be... I still think it's going to be um, a, a good good competition with with who's still playing in it, mate. It's not going to be it's not going to be too different. It's just going to be reduced rounds, and you know there's still going to be plenty of um, plenty of quality running around out there. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think if anything, it might actually you know especially in a comp like the Central Coast where you've got a few of those sides that have probably got a little bit deeper pockets and um, have got those abilities to pay some of those players. Some of those players that are probably going to rest are going to be those top echelon players more so. Um, so yeah. it may actually bring you know those teams a little bit closer to the field. We might see a few more upsets and those sorts of things. Which, mate, there's nothing I'd like more. And um, you know, doesn't matter what competition it is. Then you know you're a week or two out from finals, and there's still seven or eight teams in the race. You're not going, oh well, you, know, you may as well give the trophy to you know either A or yeah, take exactly. your pick out of A and B. So, mate, we look forward to that, and we we hope that North Lakes is one of those sides springing some of those upsets on on the uh, the big the big dogs of the Central Coast yeah, that have been historically absolutely. there, mate. Um, 
you know, undoubtedly led by the uh, versatile number 14 impact player off the bench. <laughs> Waitley gets out there. <laughs> uh, mate, um, I did I did say to you we'd keep, try and keep it reasonably brief tonight. We're up around that 20-minute mark, so we are going to wrap up shortly. The other one I want to ask you about, you've got a bit of a connection to uh, the Newcastle comp and um, obviously probably got still an eye in on, on Lakes and also on Belmont South and, and how they, they fare. Uh, are you expecting yep. that um, if they get their sides up. I know um, you're still close to the guys steering both those ships in, in Robbie Payne and uh, Aaron Chop-Morris. Uh, look, I know Lakes are entering teams. Do you think they'll be competitive in the Newcastle comp moving forward uh, with what they can gather? I think so, mate. You know, from what I've um, what I've heard and I've spoke to Payne a couple of times, you know, they've they've got a pretty good squad put together and I think they've just had a bit of a, a few more additions um, from in town as well. So, obviously, they're only going to make them even stronger, mate. So, you know, a, a club like that doesn't um, doesn't want to take the field unless they've got a strong side. And you know, they, they had the opportunity to um, to pull out this year, and you know, they've, they've stuck with it, and they're going to put a side in there, mate. And I'm sure whoever runs out for them is going to be a quality player, mate. And you know, I, know, I still know a fair few of them there, and mate, I definitely think they'll they'll go all right this year. And uh, Belmont, and, and, sorry, and mate. Belmont, yeah, mate, they'll be. Um, if Chop can get the numbers on the paddock, mate, I know he's got yeah. some challenges there. He's working literally like a blue-ass fly to try and get he, them he up, sure and, up is, and running. Mate, yeah. He is, mate. Yeah, from what I hear, you know, he's, he's sort of he's gonna. He might get an influx of players from from like from Lakes United as well. You know, depending on what, what kind of sides they put in. I know they're putting the top grade in, but um, I don't know the the other ones. So, you know, fingers crossed he gets a a good bunch of blokes to um to run around for him because a club like that, mate, they they deserve to be out there. Yeah, they've certainly been a good part of Newcastle and Hunter since they joined a number of years ago. They've had some great names running around for them across that time yeah. too, led by none other than that man we talked about earlier, Cade Snowden and also Owen Craigie. So we hope that yeah. they continue to be strong in the competition. And um, look, obviously they, they went close last year and I'm sure Chop, if he's got a side on the field, they'll be very close to that sort of level again and hoping to go one better. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, to wrap it up, we only got the one viewer question. I, I know we sort of finalised the details of this interview quite late, and it is from that man, Aaron Morris. Um, yep, he just I'm wanted sure to He just wanted to ask. I, I did veto a couple of his questions or statements that he wanted to make, so we'll move on from them. But he did just want to ask, how does a, how does a guy go from coming to Swansea High as the school bully to being a first-grade uh, player coach? Um, very, very <laughs> good question. Very good question, um, Aaron Morris. Um, you just you just stick with uh, you just oh, I, you know what I don't really have an answer for him. He's got me. I was uh, wondering what it was going to be. No, you still, just just maintain the that. power by the sound of it. I think that's the go. Just keep <laughs> keep being in charge. No no one will overtake you as a bully. Game. Yeah, just love the game and stick with it. Uh, exactly, mate. And, and you know who needs enemies with mates like that stitching up with questions like that. So absolutely, mate. He got me. Mate, yeah, you'll have this round. Yeah, uh, big thank you. I'll make sure to. Uh, uh, canvas you for questions next time we get Chop on the show so you can get one back but we appreciate, sure you, you, appreciate you giving up uh, half an hour of your time this evening mate. No, uh, pleasure mate. Good luck for Northern Lakes this year. Hopefully I can sneak my way down and uh, one of the one of the few clubs that I played some junior games for as I said and uh, get some blue cans in on the hill and give you some feedback. and uh, Get down there, treat yourself. Ca- catch up and uh, but in the meantime mate as I said good luck for the season ahead um, and we look forward to you know maybe having a chat to you at some point later in the year when Northern Lakes are getting some wins on the board, mate, uh, and, and, you know, continuing that rebuild. Absolutely. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having me. That was, of course, Jason McKenzie, the 
first grade coach of Northern Lakes Warriors for 2020. We appreciate Macca giving some time to us this evening and, uh, as I said, wish them all the best. Uh, looking forward to footy now, only a few weeks around the corner. Thanks again for tuning in to another one of our episodes of League Castle. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you getting on board and listening in. If you could take the time, we'd really appreciate uh, any rates and reviews on the podcast platforms you listen to us on, whether that be uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Samsung Podcast, or any other reputable podcast provider. Again, as I said in the intro, make sure you check out Newey Threads, our great sponsors. They've been a really good partner of us this year and have enabled us to really lift the quality of the output of the podcast that we're providing to you. And, of course, check out our social media pages. Uh, we've got our Facebook page, League Castle AUS, or just search for League Castle. Twitter, we're League Castle AU. Instagram, we're also League Castle AU. Make sure you shoot us through some feedback on any of those, or you can also get us at LeagueCastleAU at gmail.com. Uh, give us some suggestions on who you'd like to hear on the show in the coming weeks, and uh, we'll do what we can to deliver those to you, as well as some more League Castle Legends episode. Make sure to check out our back catalogue. As Jason talked about there, we did have a great interview with uh, the New South Wales Rugby League employees, uh, Dave Wild and Keith Onslow, who organise and run the competitions, talking about COVID and its effects last week, which you can find uh, via all of those podcast platforms. And, of course, we've got our League Castle Legends. We've had some big names on there already. Uh, uh, Mark Tafua, we've had uh, Peter Shields, Daniel Abraham and Josh Manilato over the last few months. So we look forward to bringing more of those to you. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy your footy. It's just around the corner. Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.